Warning, the following episode contains adult language and screaming goats. Listener discretion is advised. The Pinball Network is online. Launching The Pinball Show. Coming up this week on episode 105 of The Pinball Show, Dennis tells us about the importance of coffee. I tell you about the importance of having a good chill around during a medical emergency. We talk stern pinball venom rumors, me possibly sucking crow's toe as I disagree with other media prognostications, production updates for stern pinball, Jersey Jack on saps, upcoming spooky games, and adding coders. Dennis's take on the recent AP interview, Galactic Tank Force, now with Lunchbox Accessory. A possible change in terms with Multimorphic, not being room-retained, and pinball market trends. Thanks again for tuning in to the Nap Arcade Pinball Podcast. Pinball is a game of skill. For some, it's a passion and a lifestyle. It's time for the Pinball Show. It's pinball with personality. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Pinball Show. We're in episode 105. I am Zach Many, alongside the co-host with the most, Dennis Creasel. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Well, hey, how how are you, man? I've been missing you. I'm fine. I've been so busy. June was bad. June was rough. Not bad, like negative bad. June was was professionally was extremely busy, so. I was like, I can't do any fill-in stuff while you're going to not another country. And <laughs> and I, you know. You've been going to conference was, after conference after conference. It was conference. just, a, yeah, one of which I, I host one big one, big by our standards, which was, I mean, we had almost 100 people there, which was, a, yeah, I think, a record for us. Nice. But uh, I almost, almost unilaterally planned that. I couldn't go on location and play a lot of pinball because I was like, I cannot get COVID mm-hmm. just before the meeting because no one will run it if I have. Sound I'm like there. somebody else did. You're and, drinking with there. Oh uh, yeah, no. I actually we had two, at least two different people expose me uh, to COVID during that conference. That one was yeah. I don't think she was sick yet, so that's probably why it worked out okay for mm-hmm. me. And then there was someone who was there sick the first day. But they did wear a mask. They thought they had a cold. Mm. And it's just like, uh, when you think you have a cold, just test at this point, yeah. please. It's probably um, But it. I didn't sit near them. I was too busy working the uh, working the event. Dealing with a hotel, which did not have enough. Here, let me, let me tell you. Let me paint you Uh-oh. a scenario. Let me paint you a scenario, Zach. All right. So I'm not a coffee drinker. I don't drink coffee either. However, we both know lots of people who need coffee. Sure. As one might need oxygen. <laughs> yeah. Conferences are one of those people. Like we yeah. think of them as a mass of coffee consuming. Like an AA meeting. You yes. Have yes. Like one that's off the rails. Sure. Yeah. So I get there the very first day. Now, the first day of the event is not actually my event. There's an, a pre-conference event that one of our universities wanted to do. And they they piggyback on my, on my planning. Mm. So it's that way they don't have to go out for bid. So they can just reimburse me and they'll use my facility. And I took care of the name badges. I took care of the registrations, all of that. I get down there because, of course, the hotel is only working with me because it's my name on the contract. Mm-hmm. And the university planner, he's he's not – he's a pale person anyway. But, I mean, he's like – it looks like someone drained him of his – he's ex- totally exsanguinated. I'm like, what? Are you sick? He looks like, like Edward. He's like – With no sparkle. Dennis, they don't have coffee. 
I'm like, well, we're an hour before the registration officially opens. I'm thinking, okay, they just haven't brewed any coffee yet. And I go to the the lead banquet manager. I said, yeah, I just was told that you guys don't have coffee. And he's like, I'm so sorry, man. We don't like, no, we don't have, it's not that we don't have the coffee made. We have no coffee. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. It's like airplane. It was like that airplane where, and we're out of coffee. Like, what do you mean where you have no coffee? Like we have, we do not have the means to produce coffee. We have no coffee grounds. We have no coffee beans. We (laughs) have no coffee. Did his eyes start twitching? Was he like, oh no, no, Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, we're paying you though for endless coffee. <laughs> like like the bank on the banquet order, I took the this sort of endless like it's it's ten bucks a person per day for unlimited ice water, tea, and coffee. Which in conference speak is actually a pretty good deal. So I'm like, okay. So <laughs> like I pride myself on my negotiation. I, I pride myself on, on like we're paying you almost a thousand dollars today just for coffee. Wow. So where is the coffee? Damn good Because we had a count, we had an estimated count of eighty-four people that day. So eight hundred forty dollars for these beverages. And eighty percent, if not ninety percent, wanted coffee. I can guarantee. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and people now they don't just do like to use the little little uh, paper cups that are set out there. They come in with their coffee their portable thermos. mugs. They're ready. Yeah, the thermoses and they fill them. And mm-hmm. that actually, I had I had attendees come up to me and say, Dennis, can you maybe ask the attendees to not fill their thermoses until like <laughs> the first two hours are done because they're coming up and they're wiping out the little the crafts and then and then we have to wait for the hotel to brew more because they only brewed enough to fill these two little crafts basically. And it's like, no, I'm not telling them Coffee that. That's too much stress. So what so, the hell happened? So the the sales manager who I, who I had worked with to produce the contracts and gave the menus to and all of that, she would not normally have been in, I guess, at this time, which was a little weird to me. I, I'm used to sales managers basically waiting on me hand and foot. When she I was out getting coffee. For she herself. was out at their other property in town taking their coffee to bring to us. Oh, so she was. Okay. So she came in. She's like in this tank top with torn jeans. She's like, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm no, I'm not. I, like she fought a couple baristas. She actually said, I am not, we are not this unprofessional, Dennis. That's what she actually You're like, said to me. Those pants tell me otherwise. <laughs> we are not this unprofessional. Uh, so yeah, they ran out of coffee. The person who was going to do prep, like garmage prep, uh, kitchen work Jeez. was a no call, no show. So none of the breakfast stuff had been pre-prepped. So breakfast was late. So no scones? No. No, they got them out. Okay. The the muffins were 20 minutes late. The guy who was setting out the banquet stuff had to go and bake the muffins himself. Wow. And the rest of the breakfast stuff was out like five minutes late. They were, I mean, it was. And the university guy's like, I he hated on them the rest of the event. He's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to ever be back there. I'm like, well, I. I uh, agreed to a three-year contract. So, wow, yeah. so people without I, coffee are grumpy I, too. I, 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 as a non-coffee drinker, had no absolutely no problem with this. Other than, of course, there was some blowback. But that being said, like they comped the entire breakfast. That was Ooh. over a thousand dollars. Nice. And they gave discounts on other things throughout because I mean they're like we will we will do better. Did they play the they're COVID like, card? No, I'm so sick of people playing the COVID no, card. No, they did not. Anyway, so that that was my that was my stress. Is it so I was over like, for now though? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I have one more quote unquote conference that all we do is arrange a couple of the presentations. I don't have to do any of the hotel coordination. Mm, you better stop by Starbucks first. Uh, th- that's going to fall. Uh, there will be coffee in that room, and the, the host organization is responsible for taking care of that. So the point is, I have a scapegoat ready to go. I drink your coffee. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, you had some drama recently, some medical drama. Well, no, it's not as important as the coffee thing. It's just I didn't – I told of the of the tales and tribulations of Nicole and I's recent vacation, and I didn't fill in. It didn't seem like a humor moment, but the last day we did kind of save someone's life. You know, not a big deal. You're kind of um, like, eh. Only a big deal to the world because it was Leonardo DiCaprio. If it was, I'd have been like, I'm giving the man mouth to mouth. He doesn't need mouth to mouth. No, I'm giving it to him anyway. He needs good air. No, it was uh, last night. My parents were kind enough to watch a kid. So Nicole and I can have a nice uh, romantic dinner and, you know. Because uh, you didn't just get back from vacation. Reflect. Up. No, no, I'm talking about on the vacation. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my I'm parents, following now. Yeah, my parents were with me so, or with us, so. They were like, why don't you, we'll take the kids to an arcade or something. You guys go out. Have a nice evening. Because they um, never get to play arcade games at home. Yeah. You know what? They just don't. And they were like, can we go to the arcade? I'm like, what the hell? Why am I going to go pay for this when I got it? So we went to a nice outdoor overlooking the beach. Sun was setting. There was love in the air, Dennis. That's mm. all I can say. There was a lot of love in the air. But usually once Nicole gets a one or two uh, lemon drop martinis in, She's a little bit warmer to me. I love it. So everything was good. Uh, light cascading off her beautiful hair. And all of a sudden I heard, help, help. That's what I, sorry for your ears, listener. And in a panic, we turn around and five feet away from me, a gentleman, unfortunately, was having um, a grand mal seizure. Full, oh. I, I think they call uh. it uh, tonic-clonic seizures now. They don't even call it grand mal. But uh, full-blown seizure he was with his family, a uh, gentleman probably in his 60s, with his wife and two children. Children were a teenager, 18 or so, and a small you know, 10-year-old little girl. And they, I guess, had not experienced him have a seizure before. So this was new to them. So they thought he was dying. I shit you not, there is a principle in psychology. Um, I've been out of practice for a year, so I'm going to use that as an excuse as to why I don't know the social psychology concept or theory of why, when something like this happens— no one, this is social attribution theory, I forget, uh, no one either comes to aid or people just want to ignore it. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Hmm. Uh, I, I've heard about it and I've definitely seen examples of it. I, the closest, um, it's I, like not people to, are not in to shock. They're, they're I, I frozen. A, well, I remember once, uh, where the closest I remember that uh, something like this happening was back at my old job. We had a, a board lunch. Uh, I don't know. I won't drag this one on too long. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and it might not. Uh, I'm going to come across as a little callous in it, but no. but, but, <laughs> I, but, I, but, it, but it, it works out. So anyway, so one of our board members was eating lunch and he starts what the, the attendees think is choking. Mm -hmm. So like he's. He's, he's coughing. He's turning bright red. Most of the people, are, they're sitting there, and and I think someone's going, he's choking, he's choking, he's choking. And I think someone else goes, what do we do? What do we do? Sorry, but, you know, they're also sitting there. Now, mm -hmm. the reason why I mentioned why I could have been seen as callous was I continued to eat while this was oh, happening. Yeah. And, just... and I said, he's still moving air. Don't do anything to him. <laughs> Shit. Don't touch and he coughs out the the piece of beef. It was beef. Yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, he was a county commissioner. Well, what's for dinner? Yeah, that's how it is in Kansas. Second largest beef producing state in the nation. Uh -huh. And yo, he catches his breath because I I and I do think there was someone. I think another one of our staff members said that she's like I I know Heimlich. You know, I can go and 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 help him. And afterwards, 
he, he turned to me and he goes, I liked how you recognized that, that I was still able to breathe. Mm. I said, yes, well, I, you know, I, I, I was taught Heimlich as well, and we don't intervene while you're still moving air. I, I said, as I chewed on another piece of chicken, because of course I had, to, I had to rebel. I said, had you stopped breathing, I assure you, I would have intervened. Oh. But, you're, but you were fine. He's wheezing air. He's fine. As he's still red and gasping. As he's got a strand of meat just hanging. And naturally, he went back and finished that piece. Did he really? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. What a but anyway. badass. I believe it's, as I'm thinking, I believe it's called the bystander effect, mm. where everybody thinks somebody else is going to help, or they just freeze and they yeah. don't know what to do. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I can see that. So I look around, and I'm like, shit, nobody's helping. It's like a split second thing. Nobody's helping. I said, Nicole called 911. She calls 911. I rush over to the guy. I clear all the uh, the patio furniture and stuff. Uh, when somebody's having a seizure, you clear clear all that stuff out. Uh, and just so he wasn't going to hurt himself. And then proceeded to kind of get him. And at that point, somebody else kind of stepped in. But proceeded to get him on his side. That way, if he was eating, uh, in the process of eating, he wasn't going to choke on that or, or, or Odds of choking were going to be dissipated a little bit. So got him on his side and, and whatnot. Uh, and then, yeah, 911 took damn near forever asking too many questions, by the way. Like, somebody's having seizures. Just get out here. Like, you, you don't need to know. Nicole was trying to find the family because they had just kind of run off out of in shock, screaming, uh, he's dying, he's dying. They didn't know what to do. So she's trying to get questions answered by the the wife and children and uh, it was a it was a mess. He ended up having two or three seizures there, there as we sat for the ambulance to to come. And um, but he was breathing, and I had my hand on his chest, make sure he's breathing, and all of that jazz. But uh, and then I was so proud. It was like a proud husband moment, a proud partner moment. My wife didn't skip a beat. She was talking to nine one one. After that, she then comforted the very terrified ten year old little girl. Didn't know what was happening to her dad, so the little girl didn't know what to do. Nicole had her separate playing games on the phone and all. All of this the last night of vacation. What the hell? Wow. But he's That's fine. Quite an he's fine. He, uh, yeah. He's good. I'd have seen you intervene and have finished my chicken. <laughs> and then the hotel tried to give a 15% discount because they were like, thank you so much for your help. <laughs> we'll cover the tip. How generous of them. I was like, you guys don't want to do that. That's ridiculous. So, oof, scary stuff. Wow. Scary stuff. Well, what scary stuff does Craig Bobby have for us today? I'll see what you got, Craig. Hello and welcome back to the Pinball Show's Top Stories. I'm Craig Bobby. Lots going on this week with Venom, Venom, and yes, more Venom. Just as the dust is settling on the recent release of Jersey Jack Pinball's successful Toy Story 4 last month, we have rumors and news that the king of all pinball manufacturers, Stern Pinball, is about to release their new Marvel comic-based pin in the theme of Venom at next week's San Diego Comic-Con convention from July 21st to the 24th. Not only will Todd McFarlane, the creator of Marvel's Venom comic, be in attendance at the Stern booth, but 80 
80s metal rocker and TV personality Ozzy Osbourne will also be present to greet fans and sign autographs. According to the Nap Arcade News website, Osbourne, who appears as a reoccurring character in some of McFarlane's storylines, is also releasing a new music video next week to coincide with the new Todd McFarlane artwork for a comic book that we packaged and sold with special editions of Osbourne's upcoming album titled Patient Number 9. McFarlane also produced the new music video for the title track of Ozzy's new album. Of course, with any new release, there are always tons of questions yet to be answered. First and foremost, who will be the game's lead designer, artist, and lead coder for this rumored Venom title? It seems the frontrunner for lead designer appears to be Brian Eddy with fan favorite Zombie Yeti on art, with the lead coder from Stern still a bit of a mystery. Of course, the elephant in the room in all this is could Todd McFarlane possibly be a co-artist with Yeti in some way, possibly designing the game's Ellie Backlass, and or could Ozzy Osbourne be doing some callouts or licensing some of his music to the game's soundtrack. Could Venom be Stern's last release of the year? Now if I know Stern, I'd be willing to say that they have one more trick up their sleeve yet in 2022, as George Gomez is slated to throw his design hat back into the ring, possibly with a rumored James Bond theme pin, as he temporarily takes over from Steve Ritchie's now vacant design position, presumably as pinball podcast host and Stern ambassador Jack Danger gets his lead design legs under him to ultimately take over from Richie long term. But as always, we shall have to wait and see. And in other top stories, we have news courtesy of the Loser Kid podcast with their recent interview of Spooky Pinball's contract designer Scott Denisi, who was responsible for Spooky's runaway hit and cult classic, Total Nuclear Annihilation, and Adult Swim animated hit, Rick and Morty. During the interview, Denisi confirmed recent rumors that Spooky will in fact be releasing TNA 2.0, or should we say TNA 1.2, as Denisi wanted to emphasize that the new production was not as much as a fresh take on TNA, but simply a rerun of the popular title with very minor tweaks. Tweaks including Scorbit integration and bug fixes, which could, with a capital C, include a new multiball mode if Scott feels it will add and not detract from the current flow and feel of the game. So lots going on as it continues to be a very busy summer in the world of pinball. Great to be back, guys, and can't wait for the new release confirmation and details from Stern Pinball next week. For the Pinball Show, I'm Craig Bobby. Catch you on the flip side. Whew. That Craig Bobby, he's always bringing the heat. I just... or, the, or the symbiote. <laughs> I love that he's back. The whole gang is back here. I want to jump into first, as we always do every week, the big boy, the Stern Pinball. Everybody's talking this week, Dennis, about the possibility of seeing a new game from Stern Pinball maybe as soon as this week. And that is because Stern Pinball announced that they're going to be back at Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, the big one, uh, in July, let's see, into July 21st through the 24th. They are claiming, per Stern Pinball social media and official announcements, saying they're going to have their biggest SDCC Splash yet. They're going to be unveiling a new booth with exciting new partnerships. And this is where the gossip and the rumors are coming and speculation. It's because they are partnering with Rebellion Republic, who's going to be bringing world-class music merchandise to the con. And together with Stern, are going to be hosting... I'm reading this straight from the, the official announcement. 
They're going to be hosting Living Legend and Rock God Ozzy Osbourne. And comic book artist Todd McFarlane. The pair will be unveiling new artwork in a special edition comic by McFarlane by Osborne's highly anticipated album, Patient Number 9. So I could go on. You guys can read the full in-depth either at Nap Arcade or on Stern Pimble's social media. But what does this mean? A lot of media are speculating, Dennis, that this means that this heavily rumored Venom uh, game, who coincidentally the creator is Todd McFarlane, they're going to be at their booth. So you got Ozzy Osbourne. People are thinking we're going to see a Venom pinball machine revealed next week. Not only that, we may see Todd McFarlane possibly on some art or even toy moldings, and maybe Ozzy Osbourne doing either music tracks or call-outs or something. What does this mean to you? I guess it means I'll be saving some money. Ooh, not a big Venom fan, huh? No, I'm not. I is never it, read is it. Is it the tongue? No, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know the property. I've never read it. I've not seen the movies. The only Venom I really know is from the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 3. So Topher Grace as <laughs> <Topher>. Venom. <laughs> Topher! Come on, Topher. Um, so, but, I mean, I would, I would lean towards that speculation, Zach. Okay. Because... We've been hearing the Venom rumor for a very long time at this point, and Todd McFarlane, that's like kind of like the thing he's known for. Yep, that and Spawn. Yeah. You know, you could, I saw, I think it was on Nap Arcade, there was a big play up about how uh, Norman Osborn in one of the Earth versions of, of the world uh, went by the nickname Ozzy, so that if they go with that aesthetic, mm. there would be a, a good logical reason to have Ozzy as uh, doing call-outs. And, okay. Obviously, if you're using him for callouts, maybe you incorporate some of his music. Mm-hmm. So that's the main thing. I mean, I've heard others sort of speculate, well, maybe it's going to be like a Black Sabbath pin and Todd's going to do the art for the game. Yeah, I've heard that rumor as well. Which, interesting, but again, we've never really heard that. I, I, I doubt that for two reasons. One, while Stern has gotten a lot better about keeping a secret, we had not been hearing rumors about Black Sabbath no, or nothing. some sort of Aussie-themed game. And second... It would be highly, in my view, highly atypical at this point for Stern Pinball to release a music pin right after Rush. I absolutely agree. But so then I just, again, I they just did don't buy skip it. I just don't buy it. They did. Or did they but, delay it? Who knows? But there's still this gap. Now, maybe we do the little girl, uh, why not both? That's right. You know, why not both? Why and not say, both? what if there is, here's the cornerstone coming out, Spawn, and here's a Kapow Boutique black sabbath pin well it also worries me that craig bobby's all in on this he's saying we're seeing it it's happening <sighs> well he's all like benny twilax face dancer able to change what he looks oh like God, and, what a and, reference and it, uh, the dune fans will appreciate that <laughs> and he's just gonna go in and just like stern thinks he's one of them at this point he's the so. get smart mahogany table in the boardroom so. Yeah, he's like a he's like a transformer, but not like a Michael Bay transformer that goes around going, "I'll kill you, I'll kill you." He's like a nice transformer. I here's what I think. I don't think we're gonna get a reveal this week. <gasps> Zach, you are in not I the majority the with mani- that stance. Minority you are in the you are in the majority. I think I might be getting a little egg in my face here because I don't uh, think it's gonna happen. You might be you, know, you might be sucking a little croto. I may. I just may, listener, I don't, and here's why. 
I don't think it's yeah, going to happen because, because of the production schedules. I'm looking at this production oh, schedule, and that, I'm seeing well, that's a good point. Uh, I'm seeing gaps in. Basically, we got a, we got some room in August. We got some room, a lot of room in September. I'll add, and I feel like if they're planning on the bulk of their production in September, there's no way in hell we're going to see it as early as end of July. They just don't do that. Number two, Stern Pinball does not announce new product games at conventions. Period. I can't think of the last time that they have done that. They just don't do it. I think, if anything, this is a maybe a little tease of things to come. I can see that. This is a little way for them, this partnership, them to maybe brainstorm some ideas over dinner after con, you know, and in between sessions to think of how they're going to reveal it in two weeks following. But I don't see anything. I don't even see a title announcement this week. I think this mm. is the tease itself is just that McFarlane and Ozzy Osbourne are going to be in the booth. And I also would be very surprised if Ozzy Osbourne has anything to do with this release. Do you think this is just like, hey, he's already going to be at the convention promoting his album. We've done this arrangement with Rebellion Republic to just let him hang out in the booth for a little while. Just for, yeah, just for the heck Stern's of it, because he, gonna... he's going to walk a whole 30 feet, so it's not a big deal. Yeah, Jody Dankberg was probably talking to his people, because if they are in the booth, Jody Dankberg's probably like, hey, uh, are you guys in negotiations with any other pinball company about uh, a potential Black Sabbath or Ozzy Osbourne-themed game? They're like, uh, no. And he's like, okay, not that we're going to, we're not requesting that, but if there was a conversation conflict of interest we're not really interested we would love to have ozzy uh, and his crew in our booth just for you know support and blah 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 and then try to foster a relationship but i don't know hmm. i just something feels interesting off here. i don't know okay well uh i will say that i think that venom ends up being the next release I but, see it, yeah. but you do make a really strong argument about the they do not you're right i i've tried to think about convention reveals for their games and no they just don't do it they don't do it no, they do not do it because you got a lot of the executives and stuff there, especially at a comic con. It's a big, they're not going to be handling all of that reveal stuff from, and maybe Zach Sharp and the marketing team can handle that uh, at home if they don't go, but it just well, feels like a Zach, lot going on. Zach can neither confirm nor deny that he has the <laughs> capabilities. I thought we could see like the rumored James Bond next with a George Gomez. This does feel like more of a Venom uh, release, but I'm not. I'm still not even sold that it's Venom next. I'm not. And I mean, I I don't. I I could. Well, I mean, it it wouldn't have to be, but it has been a long running rumor. I I definitely don't think it's Black Sabbath next. Uh, uh, even if even if they had already secured it and had been working on it or planning, to, I just couldn't imagine. No, I, I mean, that, that I mean, either. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, again. Rush just came out. Could you imagine Raymond Davidson being ready to do another music <laughs> pin at this point? Because that's all he does. He's the music guy. He's he's that's his typecast. That's his role. I can see now. Pretty pretty much feels confirmed to me that Stern does have and will be doing a Venom machine. I still don't know if it's next. But then again, uh, the other rumors are Brian Eddy on design, Zombie Eddy on artwork. That all very much makes sense to me. I, Todd McFarlane, I don't know if you can get him to do artwork or even toy molding. I, I, think you, I don't think he'd do the play field. I think that you could probably convince him to do the translites, maybe the cab side art. Like an Ellie people are talking about. Maybe yeah, he does yeah. the Ellie translites. I mean, translate I, I've seen some, I think it was on Nap Arcade uh, again, uh, noting that 
Todd McFarlane has indicated how he would never work for Marvel again because he's he's got Vision Comics and Marvel's a competitor. But doing a game for Stern is not working for Marvel either. So mm. I could, but I also don't think he would want to invest the time to do a playfield layout, especially given that everyone who's done playfield layouts who have moved over from doing other art have noted that the first one's kind of a bit of a learning curve because you got to get used to the idea of, oh, well, these are going to, this spots are going to be covered up because mm. they're going to be ramps and you have to have certain spots for inserts. It's just a different way of thinking. You know, it's a different way of, of commercial art. And I don't know enough about Todd, but he's been so involved as a comic book artist. He's not mm-hmm. really, in my mind, a commercial artist who's used to doing product. So yeah, that's true. And does Jeremy Pactor, I know that uh, Zombie Eddie would probably roll out the red carpet for Todd to do an LA, but it's still. I think maybe, uh, you know, behind the scenes, if I'm Zombie Eddie, I'm like, well, damn, I still want to, like, I don't know if I want to give up doing a piece. You know, I, I think, uh, I think Jeremy likes getting paid. So oh, yeah, he's getting, really he's getting paid point, by Stern to do whatever. And they want to have Todd do some other aspect of it. I mean, I know he's, he's noted several times, Jeremy, that the Stern, uh, assignments have been coming so quickly for him that it was, you know, it was a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Like he was going from project to project to project, which was really good during the pandemic because there wasn't a lot of like uh, bands that needed posters and stuff because they weren't touring. But I think he might be, and this is my speculation, he might be wanting to get back to a little bit more of an eclectic style of design and not just doing like wall-to-wall pinball. Mm, Yeah, I can see that. Even if it is good, stable money. Do you think there's a chance that George Gomez is on this project? I don't. Right, right. No, I don't. I don't think uh, that Gomez is on Venom. All the reports are he's on Richie's game, which, you know, I've been hearing Bond, but mm. but no, I don't think this is a Gomez game. If Eddie is on design on a rumored Venom game, we've asked it before, but do you have any guesses as to who would be doing code? Uh, as lead? Yeah, I don't um, think it's Ray because he just... Still I don't, dealing with Rush. You know, and has Ray been lead on code yet? No. I mean, it'll probably happen at some point. It will happen at some point. I would uh, but I also think that means Timmy's out. Yeah, Tim section Because he's just off it. of Rush, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial guess is if it's Eddie in particular, it, it's possible that, that Rop would do it. Oh, okay. We yeah. haven't seen Lonnie do lead since, uh, uh, since Stranger, Stranger Things, right? Things, I think, yeah. And and again, that could be as part of the collaborative package. They maybe they bring back and have Mike Venacore help with the rule mm-hmm. design there, as he has before. As he has before with Eddie. Yeah. We know Tanya has yep. been reported. Tanya might be if he's done with all the insider connected building yeah, he's stuff at have this one stage this year. That that so. um okay, Tanya wouldn't be a bad guess, especially because he did another comic book theme. Hmm. I think it's going to be none of them. You've finally gotten your dream job, making rules that you don't understand. Uh, I would be, yeah, coding would not be my strong suit. I think well, we're you gonna, get someone else to program it. You you get you get Rick to do the programming. And you're just like implement my will, Rick. And yeah. Rick's like, who are you? <laughs> oh, you're that guy. <laughs> no, I think we're going to see another tandem that we did on Mandalorian, and we're going to see Dwight Sullivan. Oh yeah, I could. It's been a while for Dwight since his last game. Yeah, Mando, right? Yeah. Was the last one. Yeah. So I, that's what that would I would fit. guess. And then I think you then see Tanya working with George Gomez potentially on a uh, rumored Bond. So do you think everything's like coalescing around teams? Like how it's starting Elwin's to feel had that his way. team. Mm-hmm. 
everybody's fitting in, everybody's getting comfortable. Because it did kind of like it felt like Sexton was was Richie's coder because yeah, no one yeah. else could stand working for him. And well, that was a rumor. And obviously, Nagel uh, is always with Elwin because Elwin likes to crack unless his own Sexton's rules. like, look, I've done two music pins back to back. Give me something else. Well, but he had Black Knight sort of rage. He did have that. Yeah, it had a Hydra. A lot, a lot of- <laughs> Deep Root wanted a Hydra. Rising you might not have known about that. Rising action leads to a Hydra. <laughs> So a lot of speculation going around. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Venom is a interesting choice of theme. I think it fits Stern's pinball's wheelhouse better than yeah. Anybody's. I still think it's a weird pick, though. Like it's not. I guess. I mean, Sony's Sony's been still doing movies with it, but that's yeah, just not. They're not I, hot. Why? Right. There's so many other like Marvel properties, and Stern has done so much with Marvel. To me, it's like why not a Thor or something. Because bigger. everybody wants the movie rights. Yeah, Venom's like the only one that people are like, nah, I'm good. I, I know. Well, I'm, yeah. That, oh, yeah. I'm okay with the comic. Yeah. I mean, that's a fair enough point. That didn't stop him from doing comic Avengers and, and comic Jurassic Park, you know, non-movie mm, versions. Yeah. It hasn't stopped them before. So comic why would Jaws? it stop them on Thor? Comic Jaws. Oh. <laughs> We're going to need uh. a bigger cell. <laughs> Sorry, l- listener. That was a really stupid joke. It was a really dumb comic joke. It wasn't even worth it. I may edit it out. That was bad. <laughs> okay, so that's that's the rumors and speculations coming up. A lot of people are all in. I am not. We'll see what happens. We're also going to see what happens very soon on production of Stern Pinball. You've been saying that there's not really a lot of openings until September. Yeah, they're rolling out. I mean, last week... Oh, this past week, they were producing Rush Premiums and Jurassic Park Pros. Mm, I knew about the Jurassic Parks. Yeah, I think I may even have one spot available for each of flipping out pinballing. Next up, then, I think this coming week, when you guys are listening, Godzilla Pro going back on the line, followed up with Godzilla Premium in the last week of July. So third week of July, Godzilla Pro. Fourth week of july godzilla premium running that's the in, one everyone wants that's Zach. right running into the first week of august so hopefully they will just keep cranking those out second and third weeks of august are going to be star wars pro and premium the rumors are this is the last run i seen that i seen on nap arcade uh courtesy of little shop of games like a newsletter nap arcade saying that little shop of games is indicating that this is the last call for star wars i can confirm that I have not received as a dealer that information. So that would be news to me. Mm-hmm. Still, it could be true. but Or a little shop of games like, I don't want to order any more of them. That's right. Or they you know, they could have made a mistake. They could have, maybe they have an inside mistakes. in there. Distributors mm-hmm. don't make mistakes. They make memories. Yeah. They try to make sales. Well, a year <laughs> so, ago, that wouldn't have been a problem, Zach. That's a- but welcome yeah. to the real world oh, now. Welcome to 2022. <laughs> welcome to not weird times, normal times. I'm ready to buy five pinball machines. Awesome. Which ones? The ones you don't have. Shit. So, uh, so we'll see. I can I can tell you that we have Star Wars Pro and Premium coming in, and we also have an outstanding amount of orders outstanding uh, financially. So we have we still have more basically uh, left to be made in the future. They could just cut those promptly, um, but they're on the schedule right now for us. So I don't know. And then in uh, last week of August is going to be Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium. That is the last call for that. Yeah, that's super confirmed. 
That is that is confirmed. So you see a little bit of lightning in August here. Lighten is it lighten? What's the difference between if you're not darkening but lightening something versus lightning and thunder? Do they? What do you mean? They're different. They sound they're the same. Differently. Do they sound the same? Lightning I don't think so. versus lightning. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna lighten this or lightning. But you see, August, if they're making Led Zeppelin Pro and Premium, even if it's the last call, I don't think they make tons of tons of them. So we see that. And in September, what do we got? September. September, we have the, that last call of Guardians Pro. And at this point, that's the only thing scheduled for September. All tentative, all could change. They could throw in more and more. I do think, listener, this is good news. But for those that have been waiting forever for Godzilla Premium, I do think that they will add at least one more run before the end of the year. Because remember, Dennis, right now, as schedule shows, production-wise, from Stern Pinball officially, we do not have anything scheduled past July for the year of 2022 uh, for Godzilla Pro Premium. Mm-hmm. So I, and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I do see them adding one. I would love two, three, four you know, runs, but... I see them adding another run to that. So there's hope. There's hope as well across the street from Stern Pinball, a company called Jersey Jack Pinball. Saps is on fire. Uh, That is the super awesome pinball show. They interviewed company founder Jack Guineri of Jersey Jack Pinball this last week. Some interesting interview information. (laughs) Right now everybody's like, how you going to shit on it now, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> well, I I have to say on the on the on the prior discussions with American Pinball, it was kind of interesting because I I've often heard a narrative that well, Zach only criticizes things he doesn't sell. Yeah. But you do sell American Pinballs, maybe not after your comments. But. <laughs> well, I was I was waiting for a possible call or a wrist slap or something. I uh I was very transparent. Well, and, they were know. probably quite familiar with your your style before you I believe were selling so. for them, so. I've not heard from them yet. Doesn't mean it won't happen, but haven't heard from them yet. But back to Jersey Jack Pinball. I guess this was a little bit dated of an interview because Jack talked about 300 Toy Story LE games having been shipped at that point in time and I thought, "Okay, I guess that's good. I'm surprised it's not more if they had some already in the pipeline ready at announcement. And then later on in the interview, he said a few, we're a few days in and there's been 300 or so ships. So I'm like, Oh, okay. So that was probably two weeks ago. They recorded or something. So those numbers are probably higher. One thing that confused me in the interview, I don't know what to make of this. Cause I guess there wasn't enough details. Jack Renary said that they broke a record selling more new commercial products in one day with Toy Story 4 pinball machine launch in the entire amusement industry than any other product produced in history. I, uh, I don't even know what this okay. means. And I haven't heard that. So for listeners, I have not heard yes, this you interview heard this. yet. Um, and okay. I'm like, what is that? How, how mean? would they know that? Well, exactly. Because a lot of companies are private and they don't share their sales numbers. So hmm. is he saying that tongue in cheek saying, well, if you don't share your sales numbers, then... By default, I am higher. I don't. Maybe. I don't know what that means. Okay. I mean, well, it sounds like good Good for them. It sounds cool. Yeah. If I, I learned anything from the AP interview, sounding cool is what matters. Yeah. Sometimes not not the truth. So I don't know what that means. Um, Franchi, last time I was kind of poking him a little bit for throwing shade at some of the JJP and Stern reveal videos. I was like, oh, come on. I'm a part of that. So I took offense. But then this episode, he was kind of talking about heralding these JJP videos as the best out there and 
asked about uh, the company's called Element Studios that does those for Jersey Jack Pinball, those scissor reels. So they talked about that uh, a little bit. Did they talk about your video? Uh, yeah, Christian Line referenced the SDTM video. And it wasn't an SDTM video. It was actually a, uh, I guess we produced it, but it was a JJP video. So it wasn't, wasn't our piece. Jack talked about having longer agreement terms for Disney and Toy Story than he did for Warner Brothers and Wonka. That's why you see that. That's why you see Wonka being made when it was. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he refuted any of the idea that Wonka was going to be Toy Story and then they had to switch it. He said, no, that wasn't the case. Hmm. Just- I hadn't, re- I mean, maybe I vaguely remember the discussions of that. It was more uh, me and others were a little more surprised they didn't do Toy Story over GNR's place because of the proximity to the movie. Yeah. Well, if you have the same designer, though, you're going to have to give them a little bit time because dialed in took a little bit probably too long for pat to design and then he had wonka and then he had toy so yeah Mm. they had to squeeze it in somewhere there i was surprised at hearing this i didn't know this uh jack ranieri indicated that disney threw them for a loop because they actually bumped up toy story for a whole year the the release of the film yeah but that was the again to uh, and that's interesting but that being said, like, wasn't GNR out the year after Toy Story 4 came out? So it's like, it's, again, it, that seems to only matter if they had actually done the flip that I wanted, which was Toy Story over GNR. What I will say is that it's almost as if, timeline-wise, they could have come out with Toy Story 4 closer to the film release if Eric Minier would have been designing it. But maybe for whatever reason, that was not a possibility. Hmm. Is that vague enough? <laughs> it's pretty vague. Okay. I didn't take offense. They also talked about other theming and licensing. In a very roundabout way, Jack Winery basically said he passed on Jaws, the theme for Pinball. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, he didn't ever say Jaws, but then Franchi and Christian were like doing the dun in the background. And he, they said they knew about what he was talking about. And, and Jack said that passed on it because... He needed more assets than just a movie poster. Ooh. Really? So, like, Mm. he didn't think he could get more assets? I I suppose that wasn't a possibility. Like, you didn't think, like, I mean, I mean, maybe not Michael Caine, but Lance Guest, Karen (laughs) Young. Oh, she doesn't really act anymore. Mario Van Peebles, perhaps. People won't drive us. No, no. Well, he wasn't in it. No, and Jaws? Oh, you're talking original. I'm sorry. We were on Jersey Jack. I thought we were talking Jaws 4. Oh, I see what you. Damn it. You're good. You even had me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was like, oh, shit. Oh, excuse me. Jaws the Revenge. I'm pretty sure they can get full assets for that one. The fucking best podcaster in this industry. You realize that? You realize that? Mm. And that's, mm. that's speaking to a guy with an ego. Uh, you're better than me at this. Shit. What have we done? She has a psychic connection to the shark in that one, Zach. Psychic connection. Pinball magic. It's just just begging. Just begging for it. You know how many people message me (laughs) giving compliments about you? None. It's the whole Greg Bone effect again. I get so sick of it. I love it because I'm your biggest fan, but I still get sick of it. So, yeah, in a roundabout way, Jack Winery said he passed on Jaws because, yeah, just the movie poster asset. So, if... 
Stern does do a Jaws in the future. It'll be interesting to see if they get anything more than just the shark. I mean, that's been long noted that there's, in terms of the lack of assets with Jaws has been expected. Mm -hmm. I kind of look towards, uh, and I know while you despise virtual pinball, you know, Zen Studios does have a Jaws table. So it's, I think it's conceivable that, yeah, if Stern does it, that it's going to be just, it's going to center around the shark. Maybe they use a bunch of sound alikes. Mm-hmm. We got some farewell and adieu bubbly bobos going on. And yeah. it is what it is. Then again, I mean, to be fair, Zen Studios also has a show called The Pinball Show, but they're not covering pinball. They're just covering virtual pinball. So, well, no. they did get a neon sign made with the show name. So they awesome. couldn't really change it once they committed. Whatever is in studios, eat my ass. <laughs> and. As you have talked at length about in the past, Dennis, you speculated that JJP no longer was going to do standard editions because it didn't sell very well. Jack Granary did confirm that. He said they the standard edition went away on Toy Story 4 because people weren't buying the standard editions of previously launched titles. Yeah, I thought the standard for Wonka looked okay, but you gave up a lot with the GNR standard. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I know because I played that one, and it's it's fairly unmemorable. Do you feel like people have given up a lot when they buy a Ultraman or Halloween pinball from Spooky? Uh, I mean, it depends. Giving up it's, their deposits a little bit. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, there, there's a little bit of that. And there's a, I mean, there's some that are all in. Actually, I checked one of the Halloween threads on Pinside about, oh, I think under a week ago. And I saw someone posting about, hey, guys, we got, we're almost there. We get a few more like over 8.2 reviews. We'll be, we'll, we'll push Halloween into the top 50. Mm. And I thought, well, that sounds like gaming the system, but it is the pin side it's ranking. Better than so Toy do Story whatever you want. reviews right now on on the pin side top three hundred. Oh, I haven't looked at them. <laughs> They're low. They are low. But we'll talk the, about that. The later. Halloween reviews are maybe I shouldn't say surprisingly, but I'll say I'll say they are overly positive in the those that left detailed comments versus what you actually hear with discussions with people that have played it. Oh, I see. I'll put I'll put it that way. Okay. And you know, so, some games are going to appeal to people more than others so it's not that i don't believe that those people commenting are lying it's that i think a lot of people who don't like the game haven't bothered to leave a review oh okay yeah. some of the more negative ones have gotten a lot of pinsiders have flagged this rating oh, too so that could be part flagged. of it trying to suppress trying to suppress alternative opinions i just want to be able to get the updated code on it i'm looking forward to that just why do you struggle so oh do you oh this That's code has the, that has not yet come out i thought you meant no once again, i haven't you, updated it since i opened this Zach, game. come on i it's a flash stick quit it's being, a mac Quit being a Mac. Quit being a Mac, baby. I think we all listening, all the listeners agree that your beholdenness to Mac is a mistake. Mm. Why? Because it doesn't work with anything. Uh, It works with this podcast because 90% of the listeners are listening on an iPhone. Listen, iPhone is a different beast. It's a different beast entirely. Hi, I'm Mac. I'm PC. You You are PC and I am Mac. You realize that? Remember those no. old commercials? No, you're not cool. I, Shut up. I am. I am Justin Long. Damn it! <laughs> Justin Long never went out on a ca- on a commercial and looked into the camera and said that we need iPhone competitive number seven. <laughs> Hello, I'm a Mac, and I'm a PC. Action! you okay? No, I'm not okay. I have that virus that's going around. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, better, you better stay back. This one's a doozy. That's okay. I'll be fine. No, no. Do not be a hero. Last year, there are 114,000 known viruses for PCs. PCs? Not Macs. So, you just grab this one. I think I got to crash. Hey, if you feel like that'll help. Good. He'd have, look, he'd have looked at you in your beady little eyes and said, go fuck yourself. Uh, Justin Long was cool for a minute and then annoyed everybody else. Uh, it's probably pretty accurate. I still enjoy his performance in Dodgeball. I think his performance in Jeepers Creepers was damn good. Oh, that's a that is a good one. Too, and yeah. he was in one of my favorite horror films of all time, Drag Me to Hell. He was really good in that. I haven't seen that. He was a supporting member there, but mm. it was you know his very you've first. You've uh, Drag Me to Hell? No, I haven't. <gasps> you like horror films, right? I do. Okay, I I recommend that one highly. I highly will that be the next spook? Will be the next spooky game? I'm hearing from Joel Ingeberth that they might have a double release. I don't think it's ever big enough. Scooby-Doo and Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. Other people are saying, uh, you bring that up, Joel did say another double feature here, kind of like we've seen in in Ultraman and and Halloween. But other media are saying, no, it is only a single release, and it is Scooby-Doo. I I had been only hearing single release as well. So so I don't... But but my sourcing isn't great. You know, Spooky they they run a tight ship over they, there. I I don't have do. the best sourcing with Spooky. Well, email eclecticgamerspodcast at gmail dot com. If you work for Spooky, if you uh, shut the shut the hell up. If you work for Spooky and you want to be my spy, okay, Remy Cooney, rumor corner, stupid. Don't you judge? Uh, I get. Do you know how many my rumor quantities that people email in has tripled ever since that song got sent? Yeah, and the validity of those keeps going down. <laughs> Look, I rumor corner is not here to be a one hundred percent accurate source of truth. It's not truth corner. I'm it's fucking. Corner. I am rumortained. <laughs> That's I all it. Say? All it seeks is to rumortain you. I was I was rumortained hearing that Ben Heck is going to start coding Spooky's next next game. Yeah, I, I love that. Right. Now, the next, <laughs> next year, they, they're always looking onto the horizon. Now, I, I have a question for you after hearing this. And mm-hmm. again, since it sounds like you have also only seen the same rumor I did about mm-hmm. this and the information that uh, Nap Arcade, God, we're citing him an awful nah, lot. It's fucking uh, Nap Arcade Pinball Podcast. It's just like, oh, this guy's head's going to get so big. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be able to fit it in front of the screen of that Mandalorian he bought. In front of a Nap Arcade sponsored hat that you can buy now at naparcade.com. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> But um, so so here's the thing. The last I had really heard about the game work that Ben Heck was doing involving Spooky was this sort of like collaboration between Spooky and Chicago Gaming, yep, yep. where CGC was going to make it, but it was kind of be going to be worked on in this some sort of collaborative relationship with with Spooky. Is that this? And based off of this statement, is it still involving CGC, or is the thing moved entirely back in house to Spooky? That's a really great question, one that I don't have the answers to. What I can tell you is that CGC oftentimes says a lot of things on when things are coming out, and they miss them entirely timeline-wise. So it would not surprise me, Dennis and listener, if CGC was telling Spooky, hey, here's our timeline. I think we are going to be able to manufacture the game you guys design and develop and code. Uh, Our partnership with the Ben Heck and all of that you know, at X time, and then that ends up getting moved around and... So, okay so it, it but you, it does sound like so to you, me that so, is the thing that is okay yeah. but based off of your experience it wouldn't be out of it wouldn't be out of reason to think that spooky's next next game is actually different well, than the cgc game wait a minute no maybe i'm gonna go i don't because he would have said he's designing it and at that collaboration it sounded as if he was designing that game 
between mm-hmm. CGC and right. Spooky. Right. No, my understanding so, was that it was going to be a Ben Heck creation. Yeah. So I would say no. I would say the next next game is Spooky being like, "Look, we need fucking coders. We need coders." So they said, "Ben, you know, we're not deep into this next next game yet. Which uh, we know that we're working with you guys on CGC in the future." Can you come in? We'll contract you out to help with some coding as we're building up our coding team over here because that's that's almost a defunct area at this point. So no, All I right. think that this this next next game is not Ben Hex designed game. Okay, uh, that's a reasonable argument. Let me let me ask you a different question okay. then. So the next game, are they saying Woo-bee-woo? we've already? Are we? Yeah, Scooby Doo. Are I we saying? Say but- are we saying? That they're saying that they've given up on it having good code, that they're not going to, that they had to turn to Ben for the next, next game, but whatever's happened with Halloween and Ultrans, what's going to happen with Scooby Doo? Or is the next, next game Scooby Doo? And the next game is the TNA 2.0 or 1.5 or whatever Scott wants to call it. I wouldn't think so either, but I, I float it because if what your argument is, and I think it's a decent argument that they've recognized that they need some rules expertise back in after Bowen has no longer been involved with the company. Mm-hmm. It seems weird to only fix that as of the next, next game. So that's to me, it's suggesting that the next game's code is done. No, no way. The next game's code. You're is like done. the emperor. No, 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 I, no, there's no way because they're still freaking working on the code on these games. No, there, no, 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 there's no way. I think that maybe they're going to pull in more people. And they may have already and haven't announced it on this next game, uh, working on that. But when you get a figurehead like a Ben Heck, you, let's be fair, you're not going to be able to keep anything under the wraps if he knows something uh, regarding his work with, you know, coding or designing. Or ben, feel free to write in for so Rumor I'm Corner at gamerspodcast at gmail.com anytime. I'll be more I'm than happy. sorry, Ben. It is I'll be it is, more than man. happy to not name you like Zach. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, no, I think they're probably going to get more code. Or I think the ignorant thing to do, not not in a derogatory way, just pure definition of ignorance, they may have said, you know what, let's just do, let's not do a double feature. We don't want to put too much on Fosma. He should be able to handle just Scooby-Doo alone. Maybe that's what they're thinking. And then Mm -hmm. the next game we'll have Ben Heck help, you know. Well, my understanding, my understanding from what reports I've had is, is Fosma is a strong coder. The yeah. the question has been more about the rules development. Like he can implement whatever rules you want, but yeah, balanced, both. you know, balanced uh, rules mm-hmm. th- uh, that are fun for a wide range of skill levels of players are, are more difficult than just finding a good programmer. And I think the young crew kind of running Spooky Pinball right now. I think they're very open and they want to make everybody happy, but they're young. And I think they have a little bit of, what do the kids call swagger? I think Bug Emery probably thinks to himself, at the end of the day, fuck you all. Like, I'll make the games that I want. That's what's got us here in the first place. We'll figure it out. I really kind of think that. And well, I, I respect that. I actually it, do. It, I, I, I wouldn't go so far as to, to put it on a level, for me, to put it on a level of respect. But I, I'll, I'll put it on a level of logic. Halloween and Ultraman still sold out in a day. So really, does it matter if I think they're not good? Yeah. It doesn't. Like, yeah. they made the money. As long as it can continue to sell out, and in my view, Scooby-Doo you know, you want to do, do the, the low-hanging fruit, drop Scooby-Doo 
and see if it sells out still. And if it does, then whatever you're doing, no matter how much complaining there might be, it's still not enough versus you've, you've still got the sales there. So yep, when you got I the would license, continue to run. It. it was my same logic for uh, why rerun TNA. Why not just keep until you need to fill the line? Why not just keep dropping licensed titles that people love and buy sight unseen? It's working until it doesn't work. I wouldn't switch. And if I see them come out with a game that maybe is not beloved, uh, like some other games in the industry, you know, until I see them release like a Halloween and just say, we're done with it. We're never going to touch it again, but they haven't done that. They continue to go back, listen to feedback. They continue to want to revamp and improve that game. So until they start doing that, I'm not as worried. No, I'm just not. But then again, I have a Halloween and I enjoy it. So you love it. It's game of the year. I, I don't know if I can't even say I've played it enough. To say I love it, I may love it, but I haven't played it enough. It's a spooky game, so look. You've had it a long time, though. I bet I got thirty. Why games, don't you so update just, the code? Your tar- no, honestly, the part that's that why doesn't I make played. any sense to me is your talk about them and their code updates is like totally moot because even though you have the game, you never play the code updates. I haven't so they played mean nothing for to two you. Two reasons: one, they mean nothing to you. One is because I don't, I don't want to play when I know there's updated code, and I just don't know how to fuck with it. And number two, there's a piece that's not functioning correctly one of the led strips had come off and i got a bad uh, daisy chain somewhere yeah but here's i just can't i just, it's just can't. lights that's it's not just, even indicator lights yeah, it that's feels just like something's decorative. wrong so every time i go to that game i'm like nah, it's not full experience i can't turn that one on <laughs> oh my god and i just don't have time yeah, it's, it's not like, 2020 anymore you can't be like this well it's not 2024 yet and american pinball doesn't have four lines quite yet but that's their plans only for now. I think they're planning far more lines. Well, <laughs> Octo production. <lines. laughs> Octo manufacturing. It, should, it sounds like they're trying <laughs> to go right in line when with you deep bring root. in that many people from Deep Root. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> per- osmosis just permeates and everything. <laughs> what was your take? Last week, I had a, a very uh, colorful discussion and my own takes on recent Some AP might say judgy. You were fairly judgy. Uh, only reporting the facts i was just clearing up and clarifying for people truth from fiction that's all what was your take on either my takes or just the entire interview with the whole spending time talking about losing license or the Uh, the success of deluxe law i mean i did hear the interview so and i did hear your comments go ahead i'd say that's this too uh that's this is too free form for me ask me a specific like area and i'll give you a comment do you think it's a great idea for american pinball to spend the majority of their requested interview to talk about them not being able to secure even kind of sounding like they lost the sega license of sonic the hedgehog no i do not i feel like even though they spent so much time emphasizing how ryan mcquade was part of the family at this point that it kind of when you spend so much talking about not having the license that his homebrew that got him the job, it, it, I didn't get it. I thought it sort of undermined what he would bring to the table. Did it make sense to you uh, a little bit more that maybe a reason for doing so is to weave some type of narrative? Yeah, I, but I don't know what the narrative is yet. So okay, maybe it will pay dividends in the future. I just, I, it seemed excessive to walk through all of that and. Be like, especially how detailed it was. Like, but it's not Stern that has it; someone else. And it's just like I, I don't know. Again, I can't help but think back to when 
Spooky came out really publicly and railed against Stern for stealing the Godzilla license. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, and that was interesting in the sense that it did force George Gomez to – or force is a strong word, but he did surprise me. And in, in an interview did end up admitting that they did have the license mm-hmm. after that had happened. Um, and told Spooky us got a lot of public support too. Oh, a, a tremendous amount, which – uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they got their story out first. And two, if you listen to just their story, it does sound very nefarious. Mm-hmm. You listen to Stern's version, it sounds a bit more innocuous, a little less like we're trying to destroy a little guy and a little more we really wanted this license too. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people at the time, though, had a lot of trouble believing Stern actually cared about having Godzilla. But what I think is interesting, if we you know talk about paying dividends in the future, doesn't always pay dividends in the direction you think. And so you look at the case of Stern and Godzilla, and I know I well I own Godzilla. I'm not a huge Godzilla license fan. I know hardcore Godzilla license fans, and a number have been very blunt and said I am absolutely glad that Spooky did not get this title. Sure, I can see it. And it doesn't hurt when you've got like Game of the Decade. (laughs) I mean, when it came out as good as it did, it's just sort of like I mean, it's hard to. And that's the same thing, though. Like they're trying to do the the. It felt to me David was trying to do the opposite here and say we all know, and we don't all know because a lot of people really have never played the homebrew. But sort of saying, you know, Sonic Spinball is the greatest that Sonic could ever be. Mm. I'm like. I, I've seen it, but I've not played it, so I don't know if that's true or not. I don't either. But looks cool. But that was sort of the argument that the, that Spooky felt like it was trying to give with Godzilla is we're such hardcore Godzilla fans, we will make the best game possible for Godzilla. And I'm like, after seeing what Elwin did, uh that is that would have been tough. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it would have been tough. Well, we've seen that it doesn't matter how big of fans you are of a of an IP, it doesn't matter how beloved you are in an industry, being the Emery's, a good game bypasses all. And I think I like Ryan McQuay as a guy because I've chatted with him. I think he's great. Good, good dude. I'm excited for his stuff. But that's not what was selling that game. It's the license that sold that game. That, that can be put on anything. Well, licenses, and, licenses sell games, yeah. though. That wasn't the impression I got out of that interview. Yeah. Yeah, but what about uh, speaking of licenses selling games? They were talking about the original theming and superiority with how much freedom you have in lunchboxes. What was what was your who take buys on- an original themes lunchbox though? I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, it's I, like an original theme action figure. <laughs> no, the the ease of doing the art, the ease of not having to run every you know desi- design decision through a license holder. That's true, but I thought the reason why all these other companies pay that sacrifice is because it gets them sales. And honestly, we are so down that rabbit hole of homeowners and what percentage of the of the purchasing population they are that I didn't think this was for debate anymore. Look look at everyone who's gone from unlicensed to licensed. Mm-hmm. I mean, from Stern only doing licensed games for years now to Multimorphic doing Weird Al and seeing that huge surge in sales mm-hmm. versus anything else they've done. It speaks for itself. Licenses move yeah. games. And Spooky, yes. And the, CGC may see it in the future. They may. They just I mean, may. And in defense of CGC, remakes are licensed they games. They are already, yeah. These are proven titles. CGC has only picked smart titles to redo. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's they're not opening up their own original no, this, yeah, yeah. the the creative freedom argument i i sympathize with from the artist perspective though i myself am not an artist and and lack you know truly understanding that world i but imp, i can try and empathize with it i 
from a sales and marketing perspective, it's a mistake. It's just a mistake to do unlicensed. But it doesn't feel, it almost feels like they're trying to spin this because they're not able to get the big properties, whether they can't afford it, they not have good negotiation skills. But I don't even think that's the case. The way that they made it sound is they have all the resources in the world. They just prefer it. Not, I'm, I just don't get that angle. No, I, I don't understand it. And, and am I supposed to believe that Hot Wheels sold less than Oktoberfest and Houdini? Because I don't think that's true. No, I wouldn't think that's true either. And well, they didn't claim that. I'm just saying, like, it was a license, and I, a lot of people were really receptive to it. And while it was, it was not, you know. I think it's a C tier license from a home collection standpoint. Mm-hmm. It is a well known license, and I thought they had a lot of good ideas behind. You know, for a first licensed game, it wasn't a bad pick. It wasn't a bad pick. What about when they were discussing? Dave Fix was discussing the major success of uh, Legends of Valhalla as a game, flying out the doors. They can't. You know, it's just it's such a high demand of a game. I do, mean, do you believe it's that? well? Kinda. Okay. I mean, when it's when it's limited to 500 units, 500 units, it's decent. I mean, it's sort of like we talked about. We've talked about in the past the success of Total Nuclear Annihilation, which was a very, very, very successful spooky game. A game though that had a ton of homegrown love by going around to shows, and it still only sold 550. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't set the world on fire in terms of unit sales, but so much so that. He has some hard numbers, and there is a standard edition being made that, that he already has uh, so, orders up to and, 600 on. And again, I'm not – I get – well, how can he have orders in? There's not even a price for it, right? Correct. There's no official okay. orders that have happened. Well, yet. then I don't – like, okay, so there have been inquiries about a standard. That's why I brought it up on the podcast. And when I heard the like, interview, my, my thought was – because I wasn't aware of any official information on pricing and what features it will or won't have versus the deluxe – my thought was, I could envision there being a number of people that have gone up to David Fix and said, hey, I'd really be interested in a Legends of Valhalla yeah. with either them articulating it or the the, sub, the subtle part being, but not at the price of the deluxe. So you got to show me what you got on the standard mm-hmm. and maybe I'll buy it. You think but, there's 600 people that done that? But <laughs> no, I don't. Okay. Uh, but I also like, I don't see a lot of. Maybe just my pinball friends don't buy Legends of Valhalla because mm-hmm. I don't know anyone with it. I don't see it anywhere. I are all five hundred. Have they shipped all those out yet? <laughs> Zach, you're a distributor. Can you tell me? Uh, like, have those all gone out? Because it, uh, Dennis, it seems slow. You, just, you know what it you're seems doing. slow. You know what you're doing. What am I doing? Whoa. I'm answering your questions. You you ask the questions. I give you the answers. Um. Yep. Yeah. I think that uh, some dealers don't have any more that they have to worry about getting shipped to them. Some dealers are still waiting. I'll say that. Okay. What about their ideas that a street release is kind of the way to reveal new products? Not only that, but then doubling down and kind of shitting on the full package reveals launches that we're receiving from people like Stern or JJP. Wrong. <laughs> Wrong. Wrong. Well, I- I'm sorry, it's not the 90s anymore. Uh, and remember, the market is is very homeowner-oriented now. I think having games available for people to play is a good component of a strategy. But I cannot make the mental leap of saying, putting out information, video, gameplay, tutorial guidance, sizzle stuff on the internet is inferior to sticking some games in three arcades in Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
Like you're just not going to expose it to enough people, and it's still going to get out on the internet. Except we, it's going to be on potato cams yeah. with garbage sound and bad angles and shaking, and it's going to make your game look like crap. Yeah. So it's it's it was just a I weird. Mean, there's weird a reason why I think a lot talking. of people have been praising, including apparently on the subsequent interview on Super Awesome Pinball Show, the video choices that Jersey Jack has been making. Like Jersey Jack's reveal strategy. To me, as the top of the industry. Yeah, because Jersey Jack said, why not both? When they revealed yeah. everything the next no, day, they were I, at arcade. I did totally <laughs> agree with David Fix and his desire to be pro-consumer and let people have the opportunity to try a game sure, before they sure, buy it. Sure. I, As a consumer, I appreciate that. But that's not necessarily the same thing that sells games. So let's go back again. Reference back to Spooky. Let's not mm, even show you Halloween. Rick and they and all Morty. sold out. How can Morty, you remember? as a seller dislike the? Uh, it's like it works. It works. So you don't have to do it that way. And uh, if David's strategy is to position American pinball as like the most pro consumer of the pinball manufacturers, maybe that can pay dividends in some capacity. But I don't think that means we go so far as to not put together videos and reveals and stuff. Right. Well, I, I think you can do a both strategy here. Why not both? It, it will take more work, but, but it, it can be done to me. They're in a, in a put up or shut up situation. Mm. Okay. David fix has come in. He's made a lot of big moves. He said a lot of pretty interesting to controversial things, including criticism about some of their prior game releases at AP. Yes. And so in some ways it's been very, very refreshing, but in other ways, I also look and I say I see these brought in all these designers. There have been changes to the programmers and coders and rules developers. There's just been a lot of change there. And since he's arrived, to my knowledge, the only new game has been Riot's, Riot's developed Legends of Valhalla. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting to actually see all of this talk in something. Well, and and it's hard for someone like me who's not a seller of these games and rarely a buyer of new pinball machines in general. Mm-hmm. To hear talk about putting in a fourth line when I'm like, I'm still waiting to see you get past your fourth game. Or 50% produced of your recent game, yeah. I've just, I'm like, I see all this stuff like Dennis Nordman and we're going to do these Barry Osler games and we've got this, find, you know, find a home brewer and turn them into a star. And, we've got Scott and them and, doing another another game with us after Legends of All. Yeah, Hall, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and all I see is they've productionified Legends of Valhalla. I know... Uh, Bowden's been working on rules with that. So I've seen that aspect of additional development, but otherwise I'm not seeing anything produced. I'm other than words. I'm hearing a lot of words. I'm, and, and this is a company where when he came in, David was talking three games a year, like mm-hmm. Stern. And they've got the designers on board for it. But again, I can't help but draw the parallel to Deep Root, which also had, was seemed very designer top heavy. Except mm-hmm. we know American Pinball can build games. Yes, I'm just, yeah. where's the next, re- like, where's the release? You're doing a, co- to me, Love is a contract job. So feels I, like it, yeah. I just, so I haven't seen anything wholly original to American Pinball since Hot Wheels. And that's, it's been a while. I was listening. I want to give you a lot of credit. The Eclectic Gamers podcast last week. And Dennis and Tony talked about uh, being given information about American Pinball and trademarks that they have open and that they've recently closed. Two of them, including the new names Galactic Tank Force and Galactic Star Force, or as the cool kids are saying, GTF or GSF. <laughs> what the hell, Dennis? What, what, is the, what is Tank Force and Star Force? Yeah, they. Oh. 
I'm pretty sure they're like all the other licenses we've seen with American Pinball, where they've wordmarked uh, original concepts. And my thing, and yeah, someone had uh, told told me to check out their <laughs> check out their. Uh, I hadn't just been checking them regularly. Those both uh, dropped in late late June, mm-hmm. and so you know, just it was a check with the trademark office. They've got updates. So yeah, I, and my thinking initially is you know one of two things. One. They're thinking about kind of the spooky style of a twofer where they'll just reskin mm. the game and or they weren't quite sure the direction the designer wanted to go with the theme. So they took tanks and they took like generic star space stuff. And that's what I'm and, guessing. You know, it'll be and that's I've I've heard again, as the rumors have flowed in since I came out with the word the wordmark stuff's true, people can go and, and search it. I, I was gonna put links in my show notes but unfortunately the way the search engine works is you, it logs out after a while and the link is dead so you have to just research it but um but i'm hearing rumors now i haven't done this on rumor corner so this is a special tps rumor oh shit is that that it is just one and that it is tank oh really yeah see i thought maybe they go with both because and i'm not trying to be i'm the opposite of snowflakey over here but you have to be careful whenever you were producing a product around tanks that are used for wars because maybe you go to release this and something topical is going on in the world that probably wouldn't be the most sensitive to a tank themed release and i thought just as a backup maybe we have star force because nobody can be mad at buzz lightyear so that's what i was thinking i did uh now that you said that about tank it's very interesting that um, Canada's pinball podcast I was watching that he's reporting that Nordman had been showing pictures in his cell phone to people uh, this dates back a little bit now of a game based around a tank and that when you fold the head down the machine then resembles a tank so I, oh oh the actual physical machine <laughs> yeah interesting so because uh, that's all American pinball needs is yet another cabinet design why, why does it matter when you have the head folded down? <laughs> well, maybe it will be fun for for people like you when they're moving them. I could just be yeah. like, I'm driving a little. I just see my T-51. kids be like, "All right, guys, <laughs> unplug the game. We'll take the. <laughs> we got to turn into tank man. We're gonna, and then they're like, "What the fuck did I do? No, go ahead and push it, Billy. Push it. Push that tank. <laughs> I won't let the license name. No, you guys or, were kind of raving it know. over there. I heard you. Like, well, actually, you know, it's kind of well. I, as a game, it might be a perfectly fun game. It's just the name isn't going to move units, is the thing, no. right? It's not a license. It's not going to move units, so it doesn't mean it won't be a great playing game. I would rather just, just be. What called makes the tank Dennis force Norton's galactic? Game. They must be laser tanks. They're going to be galactic. <laughs> Freaking lasers! Like, I thought you were going to tell me that the the tanks in the game would fold down like transformers and then turn into spaceships. So hence why oh. they were a galactic tank force. <sighs> Tanks in space. Tanks in space. I wish the tanks just had legs. And they're like, hi. <laughs> as fun as that one's been for me, uh, I, I I thought it was more telling that they uh, they let the Sherlock Holmes trademark yeah, expire. There was something there. That was, of all their unlicensed stuff, right up there really with Houdini, I'd say. Uh, but I think even more so. You know what I think happened uh, there, though, Dennis? I think what? that when Josh Kugler left, so did the Sherlock Holmes. I've heard report, I, and since then, again, the rumors flow like wine, Zach. And mm. yeah, the reports are that was a that was a theme that Kugler was big on, and so without him, there's not the same level of interest. Which, when we're talking about non-original but also unlicensed because they're so old themes, Sherlock I thought was a really good. I actually liked it better than Houdini. I understand Houdini is so low hanging fruit because people think about magic tricks and yeah, pinball all the time, it, but I it was just similar. Thought, 
Sherlock is so famous that it was, I think it's in a similar category of people know what that license is. Those are what what we, what we call non-original unlicensed themes. And I actually think there's a place there that you could successfully play in without, if you, if you really don't want to have to comply with the licensor's terms without going full on original and you still maybe have some sort of nostalgia tie in. I agree. You know, I thought you know, the idea is like Alice in Wonderland sort of mm-hmm. stuff. That there are some things, yeah, like that things, or, things yeah. that could have a tie. It depends on obviously it depends because there's a lot of stuff that's there and people will know it, but also not really feel an attachment to it. But mm-hmm. anyway, so long, Sherlock Holmes. Welcome into the scene, Galactic Tank Force with Lunchbox GTF. I wonder if the oh. Lunchbox, whenever you fold it down, it looks like a tank too. <laughs> <laughs> it's got little wheels on it. Your PB and J is rolling away there, <laughs> or it wouldn't have wheels. It would have a uh, it would have a track track on it. And you open the lunchbox by uh, by slamming the the head of it, kind of like a Ukrainian drone yes, yes. on a Russian tank, and it just pops open. And there's your sandwich. There's your there's your sandwich. <laughs> All right. Das vadanya peanut butter jelly. Uh, have you still not watched Stranger Things? No, I I don't have Netflix. Dennis, if I get Netflix for you, would you no. watch it? No. At this point, it's a principle. If I don't get Netflix for you, would you watch it? <laughs> Just let it go, like Frozen. Let it go. No, I don't want, it's let it be. No, it's let it go. You're right. Fuck, I'm thinking of the Beatles. <laughs> let it be. It's John let it be. That's all I can sing, actually. <laughs> poor Tom We've reduced him to the cold. Never bothered him anyway. Uh, whispers words of wisdom. I wonder if they whispered any words of wisdom over to Multimorphic. I, hmm. There's some news going on. I don't know if it's a little bit. I guess eh, I don't know if it's big news yet. It's more of a a head scratching. Like I wonder what's going on here. We don't have all the details, but it has come to our attention uh, that there may have been some changes in terms. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I went to their website on there and we're talking about the ordering details on acquiring a P3. I didn't notice any fundamental changes when I read through it, other than there is a notation, at least when I last looked at the website, which was a few days ago, mm-hmm. that said at the bottom, note that these instructions are are subject to change at any time. That notation didn't exist back in March, which the Wayback Machine was able to confirm because I, I thought, I don't think there was a notation like that. But we're talking about the reference that... Uh, if if you're waiting six months after when they said they were going to deliver your game, then you can have your refund back. And that language is still in there. Okay. But this additional yeah. piece now says... The, and this piece might just be as simple as a, well, I don't think it would be necessary. Uh, I could see them maybe thinking, let's put a notation that these terms that are on the sales page, like they don't exist in perpetuity. If we want to change them in the future, we can. Mm-hmm. Now, now, surely they're not thinking that that gives them the ability to have a statement and then change it once someone's already committed to a sale. I hope I'm not. not an attorney and nothing I say on this podcast should be construed as legal advice, but I would advise, <laughs> I would advise people to talk with an attorney about contract law if they think that that is the direction that that would allow, because I'm skeptical of it. But I, do, I also, when, the, when I read this, I don't, I don't get the vibe that that was the intent. I think there's just a, maybe people think that we'll always, uh, you know, offer, there's a language about a 5% discount and there's language on what the transfer fee is. And if people think that's going to be that way forever, they maybe just wanted to make it clear, Hey, you know, we might want to change these at some mm-hmm. point. 
And they just stuck in a disclaimer so that people would know that. And this all becomes a little bit more relevant in the, in the topic of discussion here on the Pinball Show because we know that there have been significant delays to not only Weird Al module productions, but also game productions from Multimorphic, uh, those P3 machines, and they keep bumping them back. And we did hear from the Collected Gamers podcast last week that they're having significant hiring difficulties. And by the the pay that they're trying to look for, uh, equipment people to put the fabricators to put these things together. There are comparable jobs in the area that pay much more, so it may be difficult to get these workers. Thus, what does this do to the outlook of these games? So that's why we're bringing it up. Right, right. And so, and I should clarify that we don't. the The comments about the difficulty on hiring workers is simply that. Well, we know that there's a very low unemployment rate in the United States right now, but their job listing that Multimorphic had over on Indeed had listed that they were trying to hire multiple assemblers and also that they were urgently hiring. Mm-hmm. I think was the name of the tag. I'm not. I'm not looking at it right now, so I I can't confirm that was the exact language. But it was flagged as like a priority hire sort of thing, and they listed the pay at fifteen dollars an hour. Now, since that EGP episode, I have had people send me. In Images of like fast food signs around. I, I'm assuming around town. They're they're kind of near. They're not in Austin, but they're kind of near Austin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where all the signs were exactly because they're not all geocoded. But you know, showing what like fast food is hiring because that when you're talking fifteen dollars an hour, that's one of the areas that that's very similar. But sure. Tony had done his uh, Tony from Eclectic Gamers had done some research of like just looking on Indeed at other jobs in that town and things like the Bucky's convenience store, you know, paying 16 an hour. And so there's a lot of stuff that seems like it's less work for Mm -hmm. around the same price was kind of what, what we drew as a conclusion when we did some quick job searching. So that would lend credence to the idea as to why they need multiple openings still filled is it's just, it's a tight labor market. And unless you can pay a lot, why, why do a harder job versus an easier job would be what, I would wonder if I were one of those workers, you know, looking for a job. And I will say that covering pinball and doing content creation for five plus years, I feel like I'm almost like a, are we a veteran yet? Maybe, maybe of pinball podcasting. Yeah. Maybe I'm jaded and I say things that I shouldn't say and I'm too open and honest, but I just, and this is not a reflection of what you've said nor what you believed in us, but for myself, I continue to worry about the product and continue to worry about the company. This isn't me saying you it's all doomed or anything, but if you can't get people to put together the games, you're releasing and announcing a product that you know damn well that you can't have anytime soon, and, and you can't put it together, and then you're already having these delays, and then you're then there all of a sudden on the website there's new technical language. I, I worry that what happens, Dennis, if the six months of things come up and people do start canceling, you know, and getting their deposit back and they do so in, in groups. I don't know if they're really hurting this bad and this is what they're willing to pay. Maybe I'm putting too many dots together, but uh, it seems like a, a possible huge, huge mess in the future. But again, that's just my off the cuff, ignorant type of hobbyist thinking. I don't know. It's well, uh, and I, I don't want to speak against some... multimorphic because every time we do this shit, I am just burned to the ground and drilled to the ground by people who come at me hot and heavy from this fan base. So believe me, I don't want to bring this shit up, but it does seem interesting to me. So I will 
I will do so, and I am worried about it. But I do think, at least for my part, I have to note that the notation about the instruction change, I do not I do not know when that went live on the website. Okay. It may have been – the Wayback Machine only has a – when I looked, seemed to only have a snapshot from March. So we know it wasn't there in March, but I don't know if this was a very, very recent edition or if it was uh, you know a couple of weeks after that snapshot. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. So okay. it's just someone had contacted – me uh, about had mentioned some things about a purchase. Mm-hmm. And so I'd gone because I was trying to remember the terms. And when I saw the notation, I thought, I don't think that was there when I first was doing podcast coverage for Weird Al. Mm-hmm. But it was so long ago, I couldn't remember. So I waybacked it. And then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, Wayback's got one right around when Weird Al had already been announced. So it was a good little comparison. And is it, don't you think it's fair to say that that person was very concerned? Yes, okay. uh, about de- on the delay front. Yes, yeah, because uh, not being able the, to get their the message money went to went to more than just me. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the that was the issue. And I will say, in terms of like, what have I been seeing? Because I don't I don't monitor this super closely. I do follow one of the Weird Al threads on Pinside. Uh, modules I know are going out. Yeah, yeah. We've- I don't know if they're going out at the speed multimorphic planned or or faster or slower. I don't know, but I do see people getting modules. We know Kevin with Buffalo mm-hmm. got his module. I know I Nick Kuyper. Baldridge, who's a podcast host and develops for P3. He yeah. just recently got his module. And I think one of the Flippin' and Mashin pod- – I forget which one. One of their hosts mm-hmm. got their module just a couple days ago. So they're definitely shipping products. So they're building stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder like more – just modules though. Well, that's – I have I have not seen announcements of recent recipients of entire P3 systems. And I do know multiple people who have ordered P3 systems – Several of which ordered before Weird Al, and they are still waiting for the system. So that was kind of where yeah. the research. And remember, they of- did announce that there was that close group of people on Discord that kind of got to pre-order it prior to the reveal, anyway. So maybe that's part of this too. I don't know. But I'd assume most of the people, if not all of them, that were on the Discord already had the platform. Would be my just my sure, gut sure. assumption. Yep. Or like, yep. why else would you be on the Discord unless you already were into the platform? Yeah. So yeah. they would just need modules. Like, it's not and. Surely modules are quicker, right? That's just one little part versus mm-hmm. the whole thing plus the module. So I would think, so. I, you know, but part of it makes sense. But back to your your area of you know hobbyist concern, mm-hmm. the the issue, of course, I think is obvious to anyone would be if the delays get so bad as to they start missing the ship dates by over six months. If people start to cancel, does that put things financially in a bind? And mm-hmm. it really just depends on how much liquid capital is available. And we don't know the answer to that. We do. We do not. So it might not be an issue, or maybe it is. We don't know. We don't know. We're just we're just talking about it. But but yeah, we'd uh, because it was a little over a month ago where I think Multimorphic had announced at the time. I think to some of the pre-orders that they were they were behind, but not by a lot. They were behind by I think they said two weeks. Okay. Well, that's not bad then. Whether and clearly, I mean, they do have the ads open to try and bring on more people, and they may be bringing on people, and they just haven't fully brought on as many as they want. Yep. Which would explain why the ad is still up, or last I looked. Sure, but anyway, sure. it's interesting, but it's, it's news. So it's an interesting product, and I still want to get more time on on Weird Al. So uh, yeah, you weren't very open. nice to the germs mode. I thought that was a fun mode. It was so stupid. Since we went really long this week, so I think it was it would, the it was the Grand Malls stuff. Well, <laughs> that poor guy. Man, still thinking about him. Nicole was so freaked out. So I thought last week I extended an entire episode to fit pinball market trends. 
And so only, this week, yeah. you're going to not do it at all. Well, no, it would only be fair to see how condensed I can make this week's Pimba Market Trend. <laughs> or should I say, Pimba Market Trend. <laughs> Turning up this week is Cactus Canyon Remake. Want to know why, Dennis? No. Well, if you look at the pin side top... <laughs> If you look at the Pinside Top 100, Cactus Canyon Remake has now landed in the top 10, just ahead of Elvira's House of Horrors, Twilight Zone, and JJP's Pirates of the Caribbean. Is the sharp uh, Lyman code out for that yet? It's not. Okay. I was at a tournament yesterday, and people asked, and I said, you know, I don't think so, but I'm not positive. Trending down this week, CGC, where in the hell are the LEs and the enhanced code? There's still need parts for toppers, last I heard. That was weeks and weeks ago, though. So, I don't know. But no, they they continue to make SEs at a good pace, and people are loving this game, and it's inside the top ten. It, I mean, it is a Bally Williams, so it doesn't surprise me, but being ahead of the likes of Elvira, Twilight Zone, and Pirates of the Caribbean, nicely done, CGC. All trending up this week, believe it or not. Now, this is a, a disclaimer here. This trending up is a slow burn. We're seeing two titles that weren't getting the love during announcement, but they're starting to heat up a little bit, and that is Rush and Toy Story 4. After you're done throwing tables and, and, and produce, hear me out. Rush is a sneaky little title that I'm going to be honest with you. I don't own it, and I still don't get it. Maybe I need more time on it. But my buddy Greg Bone has been cramming this damn thing every time I talk to him on the phone. He's like, I'm telling you, Zach, this game is special. This game is damn good. I talk to other people, ever, and especially competitive pinball people. They've all got chubs over this Rush game. Maybe it's the code. Maybe it's the layout. Maybe it's a little of both. But I'm starting to see, especially in the sales, thankfully, <laughs> the slow burn there. Toy Story 4 as well. A slow little burn. Now, does that burn get it hot enough to come back from the pit of Mordor that it was sent to? I don't know. But there is, objectively, numbers don't lie, only report the facts, a slow, nice little creeping burn on these two titles. You can even, in the future, listener, look for Rush to keep burning as the new code updates come out and we get some accessories to finally be revealed. I think that's going to revitalize some interest in that title in particular. And speaking of teases alone, Jersey Jack this last week teasing some upcoming accessories for Toy Story 4. A topper? I don't know. We'll see. Can't say the same for other games, though, because trending down this week is an Elwin game. Sorry, Keith. You may be the GOAT, but every once in a while you're going to have something trend down because you sell so many of them. It's a good problem to have. Trending down this week is Avengers Infinity Quest Pro and Premium Editions. LEs aren't going down too bad. Those are fine. But it's the pro and premiums that we're seeing. We had a recent run of them, so just it, it, I think that makes sense that we're, we're seeing them more often on the secondary market, but uh, a little bit more significant than I'm seeing other titles, especially other Keith Elwin titles. So, uh, And that probably does not surprise many of you. And, hey, sometimes pinball market trends is boring, but they are hashtag the facts-ish. <laughs> Infinity Quest Pro. <laughs> <laughs> Quest Pro and Premium going down a little bit on the secondary market. You're down an average of about $300 than what it was, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago. It's, it's going down. That's it for your pinball market trends. Last week, Dennis, if you actually listened through pinball market trends, 
Uh, it was kind of the whole episode, so you had no choice. I skipped I through chunks. <gasps> Did you not hear yes. all of the spectacular deals? I was like, oh my week? god, it's going to be the whole thing. I thought he was joking, and the I just started hitting my skip skip thirty second button. Well, I just think just like our glasses. listeners do. It's very smart. when I do my impressions, precious. <laughs> I did a golem last week, I think. Uh, I, I didn't did, know you did. The deals of the week, uh, they were really good last week. But people said, eh, I admit, those were really good. Four really good deals of the week. And I thought since it was such a hit, I'll give you another deals of the week, courtesy of our sponsor, Flipping Out Pinball. Ding. Bye, bye, bye. This week's deal of the week is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles premium. Remember, they're not going to make that thing until December, so a little bit hotter now than they were six months ago when they were making a lot of them. Pre-owned, great condition. Insider Connected already on it. Don't have to worry about that. And a shaker motor. The damn thing is gorgeous. These things are going in the eights, so they're going below uh, new in box. So they're going in the eights right now. Right now, if you mention the pinball show and, and the glory that it is, I'm going to give you a deal of the week for $7,700 for this game. Bye, bye, bye! That is, listener, that's over $1,200 less than what you're going to get one brand new for, and it includes Insider Connected and a shaker motor. That's like $300 value right there. Bye, bye, bye! So you got to mention that, though, because otherwise I have it listed for $8,200. Sorry. We're such givers here at the Pinball Show. And we don't have a deal to the WTF this week. I was about to say something about a... Yellow Brick Road for twenty five thousand, but I I just didn't have the didn't have the courage to do so. Uh, but the pinball bounty, I'm switching it up a little bit. We're gonna we're gonna sit radical on the shelf for now. You guys are not doing worth a shit getting me a radical. So instead, in its place, we're gonna have Bally's Dolly Parton. Here you come again. Just when I've begun to get myself together. If you guys want to make a thousand dollars, it's so simple and easy. Just find a way for me to get a minty, a fresh, maybe a restored. I don't care how much it is. Just find me the nicest example of Bally's Dolly Parton. And I'll give you a thousand dollars if I buy that game. It's super simple. It's super easy. It's why you love us over here at the Pinball Show's Pinball Market Trends. And as always, I'm just here to report the facts ish because numbers don't lie on Pinball Market Trends. All right, Dennis, what you got going on the rest of the day, buddy? Oh, gosh. I just got a rest. Roll the grass? No, I did that a few days ago. Oh. I might go bike. I hope you don't. Out. Yeah, you, you should have been on that 5K with Tony. Just saying. He didn't invite me. He oh. was like, did you hear his reasoning? It was, uh, I Dennis, I think you just abandoned me. <laughs> like, I do, where did this reputation for abandonment come from? <laughs> I'm not going to argue like, I thought them. you would just see like people actually running and just go. So you're um, not staying I'm back like, with why? him. If you would ask me to, to do the 5K with you, it wouldn't have been my assumption that, oh, you you're want me to go to win and it. win it. Okay. <laughs> she would have just brought your bike. Yeah. <laughs> Where can people catch you? They want to reach out to me, especially with juicy rumors for Rumor Corner. I'm always looking for those over at eclecticgamerspodcast.gmail.com. You can also go to eclecticgamerspodcast as the slash after facebook.com and send a message through the Messenger app rumor corner how did that just hit and more stick? powerful than market trends and i know, I know it frosts you maybe you could get a market trend song that isn't just some eagle dying the the irony of you giving me so much shit year at not even month year after year about it's been the, years. the the validity 
and the actual data coming from pinball market trends and everything it is. And then you start a segment on the other podcast called fucking other rumor <laughs> corner. How dare you? And Don't you judge me. Rumor oh corner exists to entertain the people and they know it's full oh. of lies and deceit. Oh my God. I should have done uh so go check out EGP. Go follow, like, subscribe. They got a damn good show. And Rumor Corner is it is witty. It's actually really good. But damn if it's not a slap in the face. But I like it rough, Dennis. I, w- I will say this. Um, you now doing, you know how Greg Bone feels from uh, that <laughs> contest. You're talking about Norman. I should have trained this up. I'm eating crow's toe really quick on the film The Batman. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I crapped on it early on and did not get through it because I got halfway through, lost interest, fell asleep numerous times, and I gave up on it. I went back and watched it. I will tell you right now, because I don't do the DC comics. I think all that just, it's all stupid, overacted, too dark. Uh, even the well, the Harley Quinn bullshit. What was that? The bad guys, the anti-hero. Oh, come on, Puddin. So stupid Suicide and poorly squad. done. So dumb. So, so dumb. So I went back and watched the Batman. I'm going to tell you right now, probably my favorite Batman of any of the films featuring Batman. Mm. It it was exceptionally well done. From the cinematography to the writing to the acting, it was beautiful. You cannot watch it with any shred of lights on because you won't be able to see it because it's very dark. Uh, but so, 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 so good. I'll watch it again. That's how good it was. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Hoda, you can catch me at the pinball network at gmail.com uh, over at Straight Down the Middle watching the video series or flipping out pinball. We get a lot of exciting stuff. I've, I've been delaying this whole flipping out vault because I haven't had time to put it together, but it is coming. Uh, and I just got a piece that was going to be doing consignment as part of that. We'll talk about details of consignment and what you can do to sell your products through the vault coming up. But a really neat piece, actually, one of a kind. That will be up for sale very soon. Product showcase this week for Flippin' Out Pinball is Rush Premium. If you hear this, I do believe I have one spot open. So bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Also, Jurassic Park Pro. I think I have one spot available for that. Buy yourself a Toy Story 4 pre-order. And we did get our hands. We are able to secure uh, a handful of more CEs, believe it or not. Mmm. Mmm. So message me. I may have one. I'm working through my back order list of the people I thought were shit out of luck. But now that we got our hands on a handful more, I was like, hell yeah, let's, uh, I'll secure that. So we may have more of those Mandalorian pro and premium call us for some, some special stuff on those. If you want a Mandalorian pro or premium, we also have rush pros, Avengers pro. I believe I have one more left. Uh, see, I turned it down. It doesn't make sense to my business, but I do so because it keeps it real. I love you. AP. You got, you, you got any Elvira 40ths? I do have a number 40. The coveted number hmm. 40. I covered all the other ones. Can you believe that? I can. Number 69 is gone. Number 35 is gone. They're all gone. Uh, I do have that Batman 66 Ellie pre-owned. No clue how that's still here. I thought you guys liked Batman. Damn. Corvette, I think, is still around. People are sniffing on it. Banners, accessories, whatever else you want. Uh, get yourself a golden tee. Switch it up a little bit. Merchandise. TPN last week, Fox Cities just did, as we're speaking, they're doing it, um, the Fox Cities three-strike tournament at the, uh, was a pancake shop or something, Lumberjack Johnny's, something like that. It was on July 17th, so go watch the VOD of that. And this week, Dennis, 
I believe that we're going to get another final round pinball podcast. I think I saw a little teaser from them on that. Yes. Uh-huh. It's coming. We might even get a free play hasn't been going. Uh, we haven't had a free play in a while. And we have not had a triple drain. Bill and Amanda's schedule has been really rough to yeah, align because yeah. she's working so much. She's a worker. She's an ass kicker. So, uh, so I think that's all uh, for next week. A lot of streams. A hell of a lot yes. of streams. Many, many streams. Man, well, you know what? We no. don't watch it. The stream numbers are going to, uh, culmination of the stream numbers for the week is going to outdo those numbers for podcast. <gasps> no, yes. I don't believe it. I find it hard to believe, but last week well, it was just our podcast. Uh, I, and I've noticed, though, that some of the some of the streamers have realized the, uh, the Talking Head stream mm-hmm. gets some bigger numbers. Man, VODs, uh, VODs do show up. I mean, people consume VODs more than they do live, so mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> you you don't get a bunch of copyright strikes when they aren't screaming the game. So. <laughs> right. Oh, that music. Ugh. All right, Dennis, I think that's it. That was a, that was a hearty, hearty news week. Uh, we'll see what happens next week, whether I am going to be eating crow or sucking crow's toe, and uh, whether everybody else is right or whether they're all wrong and I'm the brilliant, well-intended, know-it-all sycophant that everybody thinks I am. For Dennis Creasel, I'm Zach Mann. And for those of you who have been longing to use your psychic powers to hunt down a giant great white shark, one which could be tased with some sort of electromagnetic <laughs> device of some sort to jump up into the air, have the capability to roar like a lion, and then be impaled by a ship in which somehow the impalement causes it to explode, unfortunately, Jersey Jack Pinball has let you down. <laughs> And always practice safe pinball, and you may be rumor-tamed, but it holds no candle to the wind that is. Pinball market trends. (laughs) The wind like a fart. (laughs) 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 We make Kanye. We make Kanye. I had to go pee while you were talking about Toy Story. I figured I had a good lull. Wonderfully. You can still hear me now that I switched those over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Sadly. I did get a lot of a lot of people liked last episode because solos are, you know how they are. People hate them. Yeah. But. All it was was market trends. Yeah, but it was it, it made sense though format wise. It's like, well, let's just expand the news into the market trends and fill out the. I thought it was a quite mm-hmm. clever thing well, to do. I guess the numbers don't lie. I don't know. I haven't even looked at numbers lately. Yeah, 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 Were they yeah. bad? No, I don't think. I mean, I I don't know. I didn't look either. <laughs> I don't care. We have the largest pinball podcast in the world. Who really fucking cares about the specifics at this point?